Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Photo Taco Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes of your day with me. All right, in this episode, we're going to get right into it really fast. I just want to share in the audio format. I want to try to make this information available to everyone in whichever format helps them the best, that is the most consumable. I've already put out a blog post of a buying guide for the M3 MacBook Pro that Apple has updated here late in 2023, and I wanted to just walk through that guide in this audio format for those that enjoy doing that. Maybe uh, you don't like consuming this information in the written word, just bores you to tears, but my voice going through it is better. I don't know. I, I want to help as many photographers as possible to make a good choice as they are buying a new computer to meet their needs. And um, it, this is uh, mostly slanted towards Macs these days. Uh, I do have some PC buying guides that are available on the site too. Probably need to spend some time refreshing that here in 2023 because it's been a while. But we're going to go through the M3 MacBook Pros today. And so if, if you're not interested, if you're not in that market, you can just skip this episode. If uh, you've already got your Macs and you're all happy, just skip this episode. But if you want to hear kind of my reasoning, that's, again, all detailed in the guide over at phototacopodcast.com, then you can just go there and, and be able to read through it. Because I'm not really going to add any information, uh, maybe a little bit, but it's, it's mostly going to be kind of re going over all the information that's already available over in that buying guide. All right, so we're going to start off with the basic recommendation. So if, if you don't want to listen to the whole episode and you just want the the basic thing right here and, and, and then you can quit and, and uh, you know move on to your next podcast, then here's what it is. For most photographers, I recommend buying the base model 14-inch M3 MacBook Pro. That's going to have an 8-core CPU, 10-core GPU. And I know you won't be able to remember that really, but again, you can go to the buying guide and, and kind of walk through this if, if that's it. I do recommend that most photographers should upgrade to 16 gigabytes of unified memory. In fact, well, we're going to talk about that in, in, in just a second, but you really should do that. And to do that, then that's all you need, actually. That's how I think most photographers should configure an M3 MacBook Pro as they're buying it here late in 2023 or into 2024, as Apple's not likely to uh, be developing any other MacBook Pros for probably at least a year. Uh, well, maybe not that long. But anyway, that will run you about $1,800. And that's a pretty decent price for a photo editing computer. If you were to go build a PC to be a photo editing computer, if you're building it yourself, you might be able to get it a little bit less than that and still get kind of equal performance uh, out of it because a PC can totally be built to compete with very with a MacBook, no problem. It, it's totally possible. So it's only your preference about which one do you like better that's more, more limiting. Uh, it is probably a little easier to go through the purchasing process on a, on a Mac than it is a PC to make it a good photo editing machine. But we're going to focus on the Macs today. 
so $1,800, very good powerhouse kind of photo editing computer that will last photographers, I expect, between three and five years. And there's some uh, caveats to that, but that's kind of, uh, that's how I try to make my recommendations be. Uh, the tax man usually likes that, that you, you're going to have your assets that are part of your business. If, the, if you are a more professional photographer or, or this is part of a business, then they want you to, to go three to five years to depreciate that asset. And so that, that's where I try to, to aim things for, for photographers to get advice on computer equipment. All right. So now let's go through kind of the uh, justification of for other upgrades and what it is I see. So here's the order of the upgrades. And this makes a lot more sense when you go see this on the website. There's a table I have early on in the, in the article where I show you kind of the order of the upgrades. And I'll just walk through them quickly here. And then I will go into more depth at each one of the decisions that we make will be the bulk of the episode. So starting off with, you have the base model 14-inch M3 MacBook Pro. It starts off at $1,600 from, from Apple. And again, that only comes with 8 gigabytes of unified memory. I'll talk more about like what that means, but I really recommend the, the next upgrade, everybody, most photographers, so that's like all of you listening, should upgrade to 16 gigabytes of unified memory. That is, that's a, a kind of a need to be able to do that. Not just a want, not just a nice to have. You really kind of need that, and we'll, we'll get more into that. If you have another $200, and, and Apple kind of they make it very appealing here as you're buying a MacBook to just like lay down $200 at a time. So another $200 because you're at $1,800 with if, after you upgrade to the 16 gigabytes of unified memory. Another $200 gets you to 24 gigabytes. So it's not doubling it, which would have been a better, that would have been like a no-brainer. I almost would have recommended that as the one for most photographers um, because it's it's even honestly, the upgrade from eight to 16 being $200 is expensive for memory. It really, it is. If you compare that to the PC world, that's is very, very expensive for that amount of memory, but it's very different from the PC world. And we'll, we'll get into that too, uh, on how this functions. But my point is $200 gets you to the 16 gig and then another $200, um, gets you to the 24 gig. And I recommend that upgrade to 24 gig as the next one if you do have a budget of up to $2,000, but only if you really work with larger RAW files, like a 40 plus megapixel camera, and or you frequently are using Photoshop and doing like more than 10-ish layers. And it, these are like gen generic kind of uh, things where I'm recommending this, but I hope that kind of paints a picture about what kind of photo editing jobs you are doing where this is going to matter. That's not to say that more photographers or a lot of you listening might not want to go to 24 gig. If, if you can afford the $200 and you think like that's going to help future proof your, your Mac even better. I totally think it can run with 16 gigabytes and do excellent. I, because I've done that. I, I ran for 18 months on an M1 MacBook pro with only 16 gigabytes of Ram and it was great. No, no problem. I, I did occasionally have memory issues, but it's because I am not the average user. I'm, I'm more of a power user with computers. I'm doing a ton of testing. I do development. I put the computers through a whole lot more than your, than most of you listening would be doing. So you're, you're totally fine. Not going to 24. I, I, again, still think it'll last the three to five years, 
But if you have the budget, it's a good idea. Even if you don't fully fall into that, like I have large raw files I'm working with, or I spend a lot of, you know, a good portion of time in Photoshop, you're still going to benefit from, from having that. Uh, the next upgrade, again, if people have budget for it, and it would probably help you get a little bit more time out of your Mac if, if you can do it, is uh, another $200. So again, like Apple just like, yeah, 200 200 200 <laughs> Just keep laying it down. And, and I can see, I mean, that's an easy trap for photographers to fall into because it's only $200. And compared to all of the other equipment we have, I mean, $200 is still a lot of money. But compared to like what we're used to spending on a lot of photography gear, $200 is, you know, within the realm of like pretty inexpensive photography equipment. So, uh, and, and if we're going to keep this computer for three to five years, then it doesn't feel like these $200 increments are really that hard for a budget. And I agree, it probably isn't. So that's why I have these in my table as like, yeah, if you have the budget, it's not a bad upgrade. Um, it doesn't compare well to the PC world and, and how those upgrades go, but that's not the point. You're buying a Mac because you want a Mac. And that's fine if you want a Mac. Uh, if you're more comfortable with the Mac, then just get with the, stay with the Mac. It's cool. It, it, it works great. Um, I personally am using the Macs a whole lot more right now than I was PCs uh, several years ago, just because the the pack. The, it, anyway, we don't have to get into that because this is not a Mac versus PC discussion. I just want to let you know that the the next one, then two hundred dollars, one terabyte SSD. I do think that it can make sense for photographers, and it really makes sense for one niche kind of group of photographers, and that's if you um, will benefit from being able to to have one photo shoot on your internal SSD that you will edit from. So um, let me dig into that just a, a, a little bit more on this specific thing so that you can see what I mean with, with this recommendation. I think, uh, so 512 gigabytes of memory is kind of the, the default, that's the base configuration on the internal SSD drive. I, I That's what I had on my N1 MacBook Pro, so I worked with that for 18 months. It's totally doable. Like there's, there's plenty of room when you have a 512 gig SSD to be able to have Mac OS installed, have uh, you know all of the Adobe suite installed, have a bunch of plugins from Topaz and DxO installed. Plus for me, I also had like development tools and Xcode and a whole bunch of other stuff installed. And I only used about half of the drive. So a 256 drive gig drive would have been tight, really tight, and we don't have that. We have double that storage in the default base model of the M3 MacBook Pro, and so I, I that's plenty of room to be able to to like run a photography business and and do professional photo editing from that computer with only a 512 gig SSD. Um, but if you are a travel photographer. And you want to be able to like copy your images from your SD card. I, I highly recommend you keep your images on the SD card and do not erase them until you're back from your trip. And you're, you know, like that's a little bit of a pseudo backup solution while you're out on the road. So, but if you want to copy them to your computer and as either a, just a straight up backup, or you want to be able to edit them a little while you're out on, on your travel, then having the that one terabyte SSD drive gives you some room that you can put, you know, several thousand photos, even if you have a, a high megapixel camera, you can put quite a few photos onto that drive. Just don't expect that to last like, I don't need an external drive, because you will. <laughs> You'll still need an external drive, even if you plunk down the $200 to upgrade from the default 512 gig SSD drive to the one terabyte drive, you're still gonna need an external drive. And on my buying guide, I have a link 
to my recommendations on external drives that are both good from a price performance perspective and have the speed they need so that it's not going to slow you down. Good news is there's tons of options, very inexpensive options. Like the $200 you're going to pay to go from 512 to one, one gigabyte, one terabyte is going to seem, you'll see how that is like really expensive compared to like external drives and, and, you know, with, with the Thunderbolt ports that you have on your Mac, um, you can really connect external drive super fast. And so that's a, a better, like long-term solution where uh, photographers, I, I highly recommend that that's where you keep your catalog, your main, like full catalog and all your raw images. You put them on external drives and do a backup system, the whole deal, uh, rather than trying to, to definitely not paying to have a ton more storage, uh, SSD storage in your MacBook pro M3 MacBook pro. So there's my advice. Take it for what it's worth <laughs> as I've been going through this. Okay. So that gets you to $2,200. You can go from 1600 to 2200. Like you doubled, almost doubled the, well, no, we didn't, but you, you added quite a bit there. You added uh, $600 in, in cost. And I think that can be worth it depending on your use case. And you can think about it. Like, do I need that? It might future proof it just a little bit more. That those would kind of be the end of the upgrades that I'd recommend if you have the budget for those of you listening, because the rest from there, the rest of the upgrades would really only matter for those that are doing more demanding things with their computers, like video editing. If you if you have video editing needs, like I'm, and the way I put this in here, so the the next upgrade it would be going to upgrade your system on the chip. So right now we're all. All of this is just recommending the base M3 system on chip processor, eight core CPU, 10 core GPU. Now, if you, for those that are going to be doing editing, video editing at least once a month, that would be, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm putting this at least once a month, then I recommend upgrading to the 14 inch M3 pro system on a chip um, which is hard because it's called an M3 MacBook Pro, but this the the system on the chip that you order with it is called an M3 Pro as well. It's really hard kind of terminology that Apple's decided to go with here, in my opinion, for communicating <laughs> things and talking through the needs. Now, I do want to point out there is a um, this is the higher end M3 Pro system on chip processor. It's not the base level one. That base level one has an 11 core CPU and 14 core GPU. And I just don't see there being enough of a difference between those two to pick that one. And we might get a little bit more into that as we get into the details of the decisions. But the next, my advice on getting to the next thing after you, if you've already spent the money on the 24 gigabyte upgrade and the one terabyte upgrade, now I recommend you put another $200. Yep. Apple's just got it down to $200 and upgrade the system on the chip processor again for the needs of your editing videos at least once a month. If you don't edit them that much, you're going to be just fine with an M3. It's not like the, the base level M3 is incapable of doing video editing. It's totally capable of doing video editing. It's just, uh, you will save some time and the, in particular, the export process is going to go much, it, it, not much, it's going to go faster enough that if you are spending that much time, at least once a month on a video, you're going to get your, your, it's going to pay for itself in your time by having that upgrade to the M3 Pro 12 core CPU configuration, uh, worth the $200 to get there. Um, you do take a step back on the memory. So this is, it's, 
tough here in the way the configuration works that Apple offers. You can't stay at the 24 gigabytes and then just go to the M3 Pro. When you go to the M3 Pro system on a chip, it's going to go back to the 18, well, not all the way back to 16. It's going to go to 18 gigabytes of unified memory. And again, for one video a year, I think that's sufficient. So I'm actually calling that my sweet spot for photographers who are going to do some video editing, at least one a month, then then that's going to be a really, really solid configuration for you to be able to, to do that. And, and so if you it, that's tools like Adobe Premiere Pro and uh, DaVinci Resolve. If you use those two tools, then you're going to, you're going to be able to, to uh, benefit from that upgrade. Okay. From there, um, $3,200 is, is my next one. So this one's not just $200. Uh, this, this is a bigger one. In fact, this is one where you really got to be sure you need this performance because you're going to pay. It's a 33% increase in cost. It is the second most expensive upgrade offered in the M3 MacBook Pro. The most expensive one I don't recommend doing, and we'll get to it. But this one, if you are doing a lot of video editing, <laughs> like maybe like more than photo editing. And if that's those people probably are not listening to this podcast because that's not where my emphasis is. It's probably not where your emphasis is. And that makes it this this upgrade is probably not worth it to you to, to do it. So this is where I definitely would draw a strong line of like for photo editing. You don't need this. This is an expense you'd, and it's huge, 33% cost to do this. That's like one third of your computer is just doing, getting to this. And it's the 14 inch M3 Max system on a chips processor, 14 core. So they have two levels of the M3 Pro. I don't recommend the lowest level for anybody. It just doesn't make sense to me that the cost is not worth it. If you think you need more processor, because you do video editing, some video editing, then it's the M3, the upper M3 Pro option. If you do a, a lot of video editing, then the base level M3 Max is probably worth it in the long run. It's a huge, huge expense. You've got to really be one of those people that is using Premiere and Resolve a lot. Um, like probably more like a video or two a week or maybe even every day for it to be worth it. It, it is uh, it is really a hard recommendation just because of the cost. It's so expensive to get there. Um, but if, if that's you and you're listening to this, then yes, it probably pays for itself in the time you'll save in doing especially those, those exports of the video after you're done editing. I don't think the editing experience itself is going to be dramatically different between like the M3 base model and the M3 Max. It just... We, they have, Apple's done a really good job of having like uh, specific processors that help make that experience pretty even. It, it may be slightly faster, maybe even a little bit noticeably faster, but where you'll really see the difference is in exporting the final video. And that's going to save you a lot of time if, uh, if you're doing a lot of video editing. Okay. And then there's only two more upgrades I'd recommend at all. And everything else is just like so expensive. It's just not likely to pay off for you. Um, going to the M3 Max upper end processor, there were two of them I just recommended. The lower one, that, that's going to cost you $3,200 to get to that upgrade. You do get some memory when you do that. You get, uh, I think you're back to 24 gigabytes of memory as the base and when you do the M3 Max. So that's good. It, it, that's part of the reason it costs so much. 
But then, and then again, when you upgrade to the M3 Max upper end that has 16 core CPU, um, that's again going to have a, a noticeable difference only really in something I think, I think you're going to see a notable difference in After Effects. So if you're still just mostly Premiere and Resolve, going that 16% more, another $500 to get to the, the upper end M3 Max processor, it's probably not going to matter unless you do a lot of After Effects. If you do spend a lot of time in After Effects, probably at least once a week in After Effects, then yeah, that's that's probably going to be a noticeable improvement in, in performance. And I think you get, I can't remember, I think it's 32 gig of, of memory that you get with that upgrade, something like that. And, and so that helps too. But then um, if you are actually doing After Effects regularly, then I still I recommend you you really need to get to a thirty nine hundred dollar budget on this so it's another five percent more and get to the sixty four gigabytes of unified memory um, that'll that's gonna mean a lot in After Effects again I don't think that really matters for Premiere or Resolve as much but if you're in After Effects at least once a week and doing a lot of in there then then those upgrades probably make sense and and. There's needs. There's more upgrades than that. You can get to 128 gig of RAM, for example. You can increase the um, SSD size inside of these MacBook Pros, but you're start, you're getting into areas where the cost is just not worth it for uh, for you listening. I, I think um, there are probably legitimate reasons for people to do that, even though it's really expensive to do it. But those people know <laughs> that's what they need, and they know that they are like they're going to have the budget to be able to spend to be able to get this kind of gear from Apple. Uh, I, I want to say if you are more on the video editing side of things, again, probably most of you are not, then do you really need a MacBook is kind of what I would advise you to consider because a Mac Studio is going to be at least as capable as the M3, even though there's still only M2 processors there, but they're going to be at a much more reasonable cost to be able to do it. So you'll, you'll get more video editing performance out of an, a Mac studio than you're going to get out of, at, at a better cost, I should say. At a better cost, you're going to get more performance out of an M2 Mac studio than you'll get out of an M3 MacBook Pro. So you really need to consider, like, do I have to be able to be mobile? If you don't, then I'm betting most video ed editors do not need to be mobile, then Mac Studio is is a much better choice. So there, there you go. Okay, now I'm, I'm going to go through kind of the same table much faster for the 16-inch recommendations. And I'm going to talk about this specific decision between 14 and 16-inch in just a second. But let's go through the table. I have another table at the top of my article that has, like, if you are one who thinks you need a 16-inch MacBook Pro, then here's the upgrade order I'd recommend for you. So first off, you're going to start at a, at a starting point of $2,500, quite a bit more than the starting point on the 14-inch MacBook Pro. There And yeah, we'll get into the 14 to 16 in just a second. The next upgrade then that I recommend is one terabyte SSD. That's uh, just with the configuration options that are available in the 16-inch. They're different than in the 14-inch. At the low end, at the high end, they're they're really pretty much the same. Uh, different cost, but the same configuration. But that if you want to, if you have two hundred dollars, again that two hundred dollar price point that uh, that Apple seems to really like, then I would go. I would upgrade to the one terabyte SSD, and that's kind of uh, done um, well. And yes, upgrade to the one terabyte SSD. 
And there's good reasons for this uh, because it goes with why I think someone with a 16-inch MacBook Pro would would want that. We'll get into that more. But again, that go, it's kind of the same thing. That one terabyte SSD is going to allow you to be able to do like one photo shoot from the internal drive. But I also think there's an increased chance that you're going to need that with a 16-inch. So that, we'll talk about that. 36 gigabytes of unified memory would be my next upgrade. And this is now where I'm going to say the sweet spot is. So really the sweet spot for photographers that are, are looking at this, the 14-inch, I think you get that at, at $1,800, you're at the sweet spot for most photographers. Um, and then for those that think they need the 16-inch, I think your sweet spot is $3,100. So you're almost double the cost for the sweet spot for photographers for a 16-inch MacBook Pro. So you really need to make sure that you, you need that. And uh, we'll, we'll go into how you make that decision in just a second. From there, again, it's mostly just like video editing where you would add more upgrades. And it's the same logic. The M3 Max, the lower M3 Max, uh, and then the M3 Max 16-core GPU. Oh, I, by the way, I in the 16-inch, you start out with the M3 Pro processors where where you would start out. So that's a difference right there in the 16 inch. And part of the reason it's like double, almost double the cost when, when I'm recommending that again, good reason for it because of the use case, I think that photographers should just use to decide if they need the 14 or 16 inch. So we'll get to that. Um, M3 max M3 low end M3 max high end M3 max, and then 64 gigabytes of unified memory. So you sort of have the same, recommendations on the high end of this for video editing, same reasons, same tools, uh, all of that information is in the table to help you decide. So if, if in the end, if you think you are, if you're someone who's using like doing after effects, video editing, at least once a week, you're going to be at about $4,200 to get to the 64 gigabytes of memory. And um, so that, that's a lot. It's quite a bit to invest in a computer, but I think that'll last you three to five years as someone who does a lot of video editing in After Effects and doesn't apply to most of you listening. So let's not do any more on that. Let's go to our decision points that are in the article. So, so far, I've really only gone over like the summary level stuff. And all of this information I just shared with you is, is in very short little pieces of the article. So you, you can go and check that out. Hopefully my commentating about it has helped you understand how to use this a little better. Plus, I have a little YouTube video I just put out on my YouTube channel that will help you like figure out how to use the guide where I show you visually bringing up your browser with my article you know, on one side of the screen and then bringing up Apple's website on the other side of the screen so you can kind of see how to like use the two together and figure out how to make your decisions. So decision number one in the article, this is where we're going to get into like more details about how to decide between these things. The tables only have the summary stuff that I just went through. But here's some more detailed information. So your first decision that you have is, should I even upgrade to a 2023 MacBook Pro? And I'm going to give you the, the generic advice that I, I think every photographer should have no matter what computer you're looking at upgrading to. And here's my advice. If it hasn't been at least three years, can you really need it? Can, can you hold off? Because yeah, if you just bought it within the last year, that unless you underbought, which is hard to do with Macs these days, then you, you just don't fall into the trap. I mean... Apple's job is to convince you the the Mac you have is not good enough because they want to sell Macs. 
And so they're going to do everything they can in their marketing to do that. They're going to, they're going to get it to influencers so that they will be helping you to say, to decide, I need a Mac. And I, you know, I, I guess I could be labeled an influencer of sorts, but I'm here to influence you the other way and say, the Mac you have from last year is just fine. <laughs> you don't need to upgrade that Mac. As long as you follow my buying guides and most of the time, you're good at a really base level on a Mac. Um, you're just fine. You don't need to upgrade to an M3 MacBook Pro. Uh, even if you're on an M1, uh, those M1 processors were incredibly good. Um, this might not have held as much back in the Intel days of MacBooks and uh, and Macs in general. So. That is the one place where I would definitely recommend, like if you're still using an Intel-based Mac, uh, MacBook, but Mac at all, an Intel-based Mac, yeah, it is it is time to upgrade to the M3. Uh, if you need a MacBook Pro, if you, don't need a, if you don't need mobility, then go with a Mac Mini or a Mac Studio because those are much better priced to performance than the, the laptop. They have a, a, a really good screen you have to pay for, and uh, if you don't need mobility, you're going to save money and get better performance. And, and that, that would be a better way to go. But if you have M2 anything, if you have M1 anything, then you don't, you, you're fine. You don't need to upgrade. The one caveat to that would be if your needs have changed. If you're a photographer who two years ago, you only did stills, but you've since moved into doing some video editing there might be a need, like you may have outgrown your computer because your needs changed in that two, in the last two years. And that might be a good justification for it. Sure. If, if that's changed, then go get the computer you need and, and make sure that you get the right one. And again, if video editing is kind of the reason that you, your needs have changed, I still advise not going to the M3 MacBook Pro go to one of those desktops. I, I just, I know I keep saying it, but that's because it's very true. You're going to get better performance for the same price or less. Um, okay. Now let's talk. Oh, and then I guess before we leave that, if you're on a PC, does it make sense? Well, that that's really more of a personal choice of going to a Mac from a PC. Um, I know a lot of people will try to tell you that, Hey, dump the PC, the Mac, uh, the the M the Apple Silicon processors are so game changing for content creation that you're going to be way better off on a Mac than a PC. In the desktop world, I just don't think that's true. I think that PCs can compete extremely well. They have to be configured right. The difference really between that on a in the desktop world is that the um, it's harder to figure out how to buy a PC that is ready for photo editing where Macs is pretty tough. Like I'm recommending here in the M3 MacBook Pro, the base model with one upgrade. It's hard to get a Mac that isn't going to be really good for content editing, but Macs cost a lot of money and the, you can totally get a PC, a desktop in particular that will compete extremely well, probably even beat the Mac in some areas and, um, but, but you have to kind of know a little better about what you're doing. And I don't have a guide for that today to point you to very well. I do have a, a pretty dated guide that you could look at that could give you an idea, but I, I need to go and build that. So I'm not, this is not Mac versus PC here. If you, but, but kind of the same rule still applies. If you spent more than about $1,800 on a PC within the last three years, 
there's not going to be a, a massive difference between that and what you would get with a MacBook Pro. Um, so uh, unless the one caveat there is video editing might because Apple's really targeted that on an audience. So their Apple Silicon machines uh, excel in that area. Uh, if it's been more than three years, then you probably need a PC, like a new PC would benefit you too. So it's just kind of your personal preference at that point. Do you want to switch to Mac, try it out, give it a go? If not, stick with the PC. If that's where you're comfortable with, if if you know what you're doing there and and you don't want to have to learn Mac, don't don't fall into the, the hole. <laughs> Stay with PC is just fine. It'll be okay. The, um, um, yeah, so that, that's all I want to say on, on that topic about deciding to upgrade or not. Uh, and, and I'd do everything you could to not get the time out of your machine. Make sure you've invested right and then get your time out of your computer before your temp, you go and, and get a new one. Okay. But if you are decided or you have the money, which totally fine. If you're, if that money is not an issue, <laughs> I wish that was there. Uh, let's go 14 inch or 16 inch. Then I've been promising that we'll talk about this. What would make a photographer need to go from the 14 inch to the 16 inch? In previous generations of Macs, the you couldn't configure the smaller model as to, with as much power as the up as the the larger model. So you, if you got in the past, it was like thirteen to fifteen inch. Now it's fourteen to sixteen. If you bought the smaller screen size, you also had limitations on how you could configure it. That is not the case here with the M3 MacBook Pro. You can configure either one with exactly the same specs inside. So that that is not a limitation. You don't have to worry about that being part of it. So how does a photographer decide between these things? To me, it's all about how often you're going to be on the road with your computer. If it's a lot, maybe, in fact, the line to me would be if you are on the road editing more than you're not, more than you're at home, to get the 16 inch, that is a, a better editing experience to have that much more room to be able to see your images while you're on the road. Uh, highly doubt that you're going to go to pack another monitor with you as you're on the road. So absolutely that makes sense to spend more money, get the bigger machine and then, um, and have the better editing experience because you're editing on the road more than you are at home. But what I hear from most photographers is I go on the road with my MacBook about three times a year, maybe two times a year as I go to workshops or I go travel someplace and I use it for one, like two weeks out of the year, not at my home office. If that's you <laughs> or, or maybe, yeah, even if you're going like from your home office to a studio and you, it just plugged in all day at the studio, uh, but at the studio, you're docking it with like a, a nice external display. I guess the way to put it would be if you're spending, if your MacBook Pro is spending more time plugged into a big screen, then it doesn't make any sense <laughs> to pay more money to get a bigger Mac, you know, 16 inch screen because you're not really using that screen. Even if it's like opened up and you've, you're using like both, both screens together, your 14 inch screen and a, and a bigger 27 or 32 inch or, or larger display. Um, it just doesn't make sense. The, the one other thing that, that people would argue with me on would be the thermals, uh, 16 inch MacBook pro has more surface area. It's able to like deal with heat better than a 14 inch with the same stuff in it. 
And yeah, that might be true. It might throttle and like artificially make things slow down sooner than a 16-inch would, but not while you're photo editing. <laughs> That's not going to be a problem while you're photo editing. Um, I it, it won't be an issue. I, I've been use, I used a 14-inch MacBook Pro for 18 months. I've already said that. It was just fine for being able to do all of my photo editing needs. The fans rarely came on. It wasn't being throttled um, because of heat. And now I'm not doing video editing, so that's a little different story. I do a little bit, but not, not like any of the requirements I talked about where I would need bigger processors or to invest in the system on the chip. So, uh, yeah, that I, I don't have that need. And, yes, that might make a difference. So if you are doing massive video editing on a very consistent basis, so not only would the um, system on chip and memory and be a, a major factor and something you should upgrade. That might be another reason to go with 16 inch so that you're, you have less chance of it throttling. Although the best way to avoid that throttling problem is get a desktop Mac. <laughs> that's going to be better than, than the, the laptop format. So all the way around, that's a better choice for the video editing stuff. For most of you listening, there will be no difference performance wise between the 14 and 16 inch. So you make that decision based on how often you're editing with just your max screen. If that's a lot, then get the 16 inch. It's worth it. Okay. So that, that's how I would decide there. That's my advice for deciding between 14 and 16 inch for the M3 MacBook pros. It's not necessarily true for other versions, other MacBook pros, but it is for this one. Next is you have to decide between your system on the chip processor and I've already kind of gone through this because those make my recommended upgrades, but let's just reiterate or go through this in a little bit more detail. Um, I, I make my argument on the website for the M3 base processors, base system on a chip, which again comes with eight core CPUs and 10 core GPUs. And then if you talk about the Pro, well, you're jumping from eight core CPUs to 12 cores. That's like almost doubled. Well, not quite, but it, it, it's a lot more cores, right? And then from 10 cores GPUs to 18 cores GPUs. So here's the, the problem with that upgrade for video, or sorry, for photo editing. This is not the same for video editing. The, the, the argument changes when you bring in video editing. For photo editing, Lightroom and Photoshop, plain and simple for like 90% of what you're actively doing in the tools like you are sitting there at the computer pushing buttons and moving sliders and going between images and zooming in and out and, and all of that work, they don't benefit from multiple cores and multiple GPU. <laughs> they just, they're mostly, it's called single threaded. It, only, it really only uses one core to do that. And so it, it just doesn't make sense to add a bunch of cores to your computer because that's where you'll see it. Now, there are some things that are multi-threaded where it'll take advantage of more cores. Um, and that's some in Lightroom, since a lot of you listening, that's where you spend most of your time. In Lightroom, that's things like building, um, building the previews when you are importing your photos. That's going to happen a little bit faster because you're going to have more cores to be able to spread that work over. And that is something that, that uh, Adobe's worked to make be multi-threaded. Same with the exports. When you're done with your images and you need to export them, you're going to save a little bit of time. Like, it's noticeable. It's going to be, it, it depends on how many images you're, you're exporting. But 
if if that's something you do, like if you if you convert DNGs on import, which I don't recommend, if you're building smart previews on import, which I also don't recommend, <laughs> uh, I know that's counterintuitive to most people. Unless you are frequently on the road, I don't recommend building special previews on import, or sorry, uh, building smart previews on import. Uh, I recommend a process that is called the embedded preview process that you can go find information on my website. It's much faster, even if you have a, a massive computer to be able to help you. And um, the smart previews have a very limited use case, a use set for it. I, this is not an episode about all that, so so I'm not going to worry about that. But my I, really, the reason I bring it up is because I don't think that benefits. If, if you follow like the embedded preview workflow and... Um, are going to use Lightroom mostly, then the the upgrade there is really going to be, it, it's not likely to be noticeable. You're just shelled out a bunch of money for something you're not going to use as you're using Lightroom. Export's still there. Yes, export will be faster, but not so much that you'll be like, wow, that was like half the time. No, it won't be half the time. <laughs> it won't make any kind of a difference like that. So I, I really think the M3 base process system on a chip is the the sweet spot for you listening for doing photo editing and and it's not going to really matter um there are two things though that you do need to be aware of that you have to consider just to be aware of that that's what it is so the first is the base m3 processor only supports two usb-c ports instead of three so if you go to M3 Max or M3 Pro, see, M3 Pro or M3 Max, you get an additional USB-C port on your computer. That might be a material for some of you. They also are not quite as capable on the M3 base, those two USB ports. They are Thunderbolt 3 or USB 4 compatible ports. They are not Thunderbolt 4 ports. Whereas on the M3 Pro and the M3 Max, they're Thunderbolt 4 ports. As we sit today, for here in 2023 for photo editing, and I anticipate this holding true for at least the next three years, I don't think that's a material difference. Neither the, the, the number of the ports, 2 to 3, nor the capability of the ports, because Thunderbolt 3 and USB 4 are still going to allow the connection of 40 gigab- gigabit per second storage, and that is way faster than you need. Way, way faster than you need, even on the M3 base processor. So where would this matter? Well, external displays, that can matter. Um, not to most of you listening, because again, I, I think most of you are probably going to be using like one big external display, maybe two. Um, and that's where you do have the other difference in, in this. The base M3, M3 only supports a single external display, probably be, mostly because of that port limitation, Thunderbolt 3 USB 4. So it only supports one external display. If you are a photographer who has a workflow where you drive two external screens, then you have to invest in that M3 Pro system on a chip. And that's going to change the recommendations I went through uh, a little bit ago. You're going to want to end up with, in fact, I'll just go look it up in my table real quick. Um, for if, if you drive, need to drive two external screens, then you're going to want to get to, you're going to have a minimum investment of a 14-inch MacBook Pro M3 Pro uh, system on a chip 
and $2,400 is your, your kind of sweet spot. That's going to be 18 gigabytes of RAM and one terabyte drive uh, SSD. So that, that's still not too bad. $2,400 for a brand new computer. It's going to last you three to five years and you're driving two external screens it is uh, is a pretty decent um, value for the price, um, but you you really need to make sure that that you you need two external screens as as you're doing that. Other than those kind of caveats, I st- I really think the M3 base processor is all you need. So we talked about already why you might go to the M3 Pro. Two screens is one reason. Uh, if you do video editing more than once a month, this is another reason we, we talked about that. So I also have a few other use cases. So if you are spending, um, 75% or more of your time editing in Photoshop, you might, this, this probably makes a, a difference to you, a noticeable difference in being able to do this. If you're doing a lot more work in Photoshop than you are in Lightroom as you're editing your images, then having those additional cores and GPUs, um, is going to be a, a noticeable difference is kind of what I'm thinking there. Also, if you are putting your images through denoise or raw enhancement tools, so things like Topaz, denoise AI, uh, DxO, raw, then, and, and you're doing that with more than say about a hundred images a week. So not the occasional usage of Topaz and DxO, but if you're doing more than 100 images a week, yeah, I, I think you should go to the M3 Pro for that use case as well. Um, the photographer who plans to do uh, more with video. If your goal over the next three to five years as you're buying your computer is to do more video, then go with the M3 Pro. That's a good reason to do that. And then we already talked about connecting at least two external displays. So there's a, a little bit more detail about how I would choose that. We already talked about then M3 Max. I don't think it makes sense for like any photographer. It's really the video editing where that's going to make sense. It's 33% more money. It's super expensive to get there, but it'll matter if you're in Adobe Premiere Pro or DaVinci Resolve a lot. Uh, More than once a week or yeah, about once a week is is where if you're in that it that much, then the time saved doing exports is going to stack up pretty quickly and make it worth getting at least the low end M3 Max. And then if you're an After Effects a bunch, then the M3 Max, the upper end M3 Max, where you're getting 16 core CPU and 40 core GPU. So that's kind of how I would I would go through those decisions um, if, if I was buying an M3 MacBook Pro. Okay, last decision. Well, actually, it's two more decisions. Unified memory. We've talked about this roughly. Um, let's start off with if you're buying the 14-inch MacBook Pro, it defaults to 8 gigabytes of memory. If you're buying the 16-inch MacBook Pro, um, then then I th- I'm validating this real quick just to make sure I'm right. Yeah, it starts off at 18 gig of memory, so I think that's kind of a an admission from Apple in a very uh, not <laughs> they're not publishing this out very much, but it, this is kind of an admission from Apple. You you have to get the M3 Pro chip, like it doesn't offer the M3 standard. And you have to get 18 gigabytes of memory. And that's just kind of, to me, the, the M3 Pro is, is just, they might need it to drive the bigger screen. I don't know. But um, it's probably more like people tend to choose the 16 just because they want the bigger screen. I wish that Apple offered 
the M3 base processor, that would make the 16-inch even more appealing for photographers. But they don't. They, they don't offer that option. But we're talking about unified memory right now. And I, the fact that Apple doesn't offer 8 gigabytes as an option or even 16 as an option for the 16-inch model... I think is a little bit of evidence to say like the eight gigabytes that you can get in the 14 inch MacBook pro is far. It's not ideal. <laughs> Let's say it that way. Will it work? Yeah. Yeah. It, it will work. It's not like when you, if you bought that $1,600 entry level base M3 MacBook pro 14 inch model and only had the eight gigabytes of unified memory that comes in it at the base configuration, it's not like Photoshop won't launch or Lightroom won't launch or, really any of the tools won't launch or work or really that you're risking like crashes necessarily. Maybe a little bit more if you're consistently dealing with high megapixel files in Photoshop. I have had Photoshop crash when I run out of memory. So you might expose yourself to a little more risk of like losing your work because it crashed when you don't have a lot of memory. But for most of you listening, eight gigabytes is not ideal it's noticeably going to be faster to get to 16 gigabytes of unified memory where that's the sweet spot. That's like the, the place where everything's going to function really, really well. Um, it's probably not quite enough 16 gigabytes to spend a ton of your day in video editing. That's just more intensive across the board. So you probably need more memory there. Um, the 18 gigabytes that you get in, in the, um, as you upgrade to the M three pro is, is going to help some, and that's good, but then I would I would definitely add some if you're doing a lot with video, and so so that's kind of the basics of it. Um, the place where I would stop is kind of the big point we have in this like detailed decision dis- discussion. I would not go beyond the 64 gigabytes of memory unless you you know that you need it. Even if you're doing a lot of video editing work, the way that this memory functions, and I guess I promised to talk about this too, and, and so we'll get to it now. It's very different from the PC world. Um, In the PC world, 32 gigabytes was where I recommended photographers needed to get to in the PC world. And that would be true today. Here in 2023, I would not want to do uh, a lot of photo editing, a lot of, uh, well, let me say it this way. 16 gig would be fine in the PC world for kind of minor photo editing, where you're, you're spending all of your time in Lightroom. You're not really going into Photoshop. If you are going to be going into Photoshop a fair amount and you're going to be doing, you know, uh, plugins like DXO and, and um, that kind of work, then you really need 32. You need 32 gigabytes of memory. And then there's benefit to getting to 64 and even 128 for especially those video editing use cases. That can be really, really helpful in the PC side of things. Well, there's a massive difference in the system on the chip architecture that Apple's using for their Apple Silicon based Macs versus the Intel or AMD stuff. They're, they they have the memory is like wired together with the processors much closer and tighter, giving them much better bandwidth versus how the PC world exists today. And it, it functions so much differently, plus that combined with the really fast SSD drives that Apple puts into their computers. They're, all of it's overpriced compared to the PC side of things. But 16 gigabytes of memory in a Mac 
in, in an Apple Silicon Mac because of those differences and the way they've approached things and changed things from how the PC world does it um, is roughly equivalent to like double. So 16 gigabytes Mac would be like 32 gigabytes in a PC. Roughly, it doesn't hold true everywhere. There's going to be places where that's not true, and and the PC world keeps changing. You know how fast the memory can function, so so they're making up ground there. But in rough terms, super broad strokes, that's kind of how I would recommend photographers think of it. And so, 64 gigabytes of memory in a Mac would roughly be equivalent to 128 gigabytes of memory in a PC. Broad strokes again, not always holding true. Um, but that's, that's how I would recommend photographers think about it. So when Apple offers 96 gigabytes or 128 gigabytes of unified memory, it comes at a cost that I just don't think is worth it. Like ever, <laughs> even if you do a lot of video editing, I just don't think it's worth it. Now, unless you have a use case that is not photo or normal video editing, like even intense video editing, you're just not going to need that that kind of memory. It's just not worth the cost. For everyone listening to this, it is not worth the cost. And those that know they need that because they have some special thing that they're doing with their Mac, again, they're going to know that, they're going to have the budget for it, and they probably could use even more than the 128 gigabytes of unified memory that Apple offers. Uh, they, they just have a special use case. But for for everyone listening, it's just not worth it. Stop at 64 gigabytes of memory, you're going, that's going to be massive amounts of memory. And that that's a really good thing. Okay. With the memory discussion set aside, let's talk SSD storage. Now, this is the place where I see the supposed Apple tax more than anywhere else. Um, yeah, they're, they've got very high quality SSDs. They have had some things in the past where the base models didn't I haven't seen that information kind of challenged here with, as, as a challenge with the M3 MacBook Pro. So I'm going to assume that even when you choose 512 gigabytes of SSD storage, you don't have a slower SSD drive. I don't know that for sure yet. Um, but I'm still recommending the one terabyte for those that can do it. Um, I do think it's worth the $200. It's crazy expensive that it costs... $200 to go from 512 to one terabyte of SSD storage. Not crazy. It's expensive. It's not as, as um, in, inexpensive as it would be for an external drive or for a PC that, that you can get this for much cheaper. But it's worth it in a Mac to be able to get there. Um, again, I, I show in my post that I have uh, an example about what my drive storage looked like using a 512 gigabyte SSD on my M1 MacBook Pro. Totally usable, totally totally doable. Um, and the performance is, uh, with external drives, makes, so this is really not a big deal. Um, <clears throat> it's gonna be my argument against anything above one terabyte, in fact. So again, one terabyte, it's expensive, but it's, it's worth it for photographers. For most of you listening, it's probably a good thing. It's probably worth you're doing it. If, if you just cannot go from 2000 to 2200, like it's already a stretch to get to 2000 to spend on this computer, then you, you'll be fine, just fine without upgrading to the one terabyte drive. You'll get three to five years out of that computer and be okay. Um, but it's worth it if you can get to $2200, then the 14 inch MacBook Pro and, and follow that upgrade path that I mentioned uh, before to upgrade this will be totally worth it. 
I don't recommend the two terabyte storage for anybody. I think that's like a, a no man's land where it's not helpful. It's so it's too small for it to be really me- meaningful for video, at least like consistent video needs. It's not big enough for you to be able to store like your Lightroom catalog and all your raw images, even for like the hobbyist photographer who wants to be able to do that. It's just, it's not, it's this no man's land where it's, uh, it's not that much more expensive. It's only about 10% more again, another $200 to get there. Um, so it's actually a little cheaper to go from one terabyte to two terabyte for the amount of storage you get. But it's just this no man's land where I just don't think it makes sense to spend the money there. You, you're going to be better off spending the money, that $200 on an external drive and get more storage, more fast storage for the price and be able to have more places to store your, your catalog and your images. Um, so I don't think it makes sense for anyone. It's just plain not recommended as a configuration. Four terabytes of SSD storage is really expensive. A thousand dollars really is what it comes to to upgrade there from the one terabyte to the four terabyte. That is a lot of money to get to four terabytes of storage. So much cheaper to buy it for external storage. But if you do photo uh, video editing and you do it on the road <laughs> and you don't, this, this is a plausible way to be able to have everything you need to do your job of video editing without having to have an external drive with you. So it might make sense for videographers, but I think it only makes sense to pay for that upgrade. If you're going to be investing in a MacBook pro with $6,900. So I assume a lot of you listening (laughs) be like, Whoa, that's Nope. That's not my budget. And that's, that's where I would say it might maybe kind of (laughs) sort make sense to invest in that if if that's your budget and that's your use case as a bunch of video editing. Uh, I don't think it makes sense for photographers because you can get external storage plenty fast. And even if you're on the road and traveling, being able to have like, a, a, you want to have your whole library with you, then just bring your external drive with you. There's really good options for that that are very small, really easy to use. And uh, that would be my advice. That's way better price to performance than investing in the internal SSD drive. And then there's an eight terabyte SSD option. And again, I, I, this doesn't make sense for anybody. Similar to like the 96, 128 gigabyte uh, unified memory option, where I just don't think it's meaningful for anyone unless you have a totally specific use case. And maybe there is someone out there where it makes sense to spend a 47% more like you you can spend more money upgrading to the eight terabyte SSD drive than the whole rest of the computer combined. (laughs) It's possible to do that by a lot. But even if you like applying all the other upgrades first and then going to an eight terabyte drive, it's 40% more money. It's, it's just so expensive to get there. I would really love to hear someone who has a use case where like this, this is like a good choice. Um, something I don't think it makes sense for photographers and I don't think it makes sense for videographers. It, you can buy a whole lot of storage and full backup systems and, uh, cloud system, cloud backup before paying the price to put this in one computer where you can't even transfer it to the next one. This just doesn't make sense to me. So, so I would definitely stay away from that. Okay. So now I've walked you through my guide uh, sharing with you kind of the details about how it is I would decide between things on the M3 MacBook Pro. I, I'll 
I'm interested to hear your feedback. Like, was this helpful? Would you like me to do this with all of my buying guides as I release them, walk through them in an audio format that you can listen to so that you can make better sense of the, the like written format and go back and use it as you're making a choice. Let me know. I'm interested for you, for your feedback there. But, uh, I, I, and I know I went an hour on this, but I'm passionate about it as you can tell. And I want to be able to help photographers to be, make a good choice. I, I don't want to see photographers overbuy when they go to do this. Um, for those of you that have stuck on, stuck with me for this long, I also want to give you a little tip about a way that you can experience my buying guides or actually any page on my website without getting ads. Um, I hope you can tell I spend a lot of time in researching things. Um, as I put together the buying guide, I probably spend between 30 and 40 hours of research working on creating these buying guides. I want them to be actual real world based things and not just based on like synthetic tests that you're going to see from everybody else out there. Um, this is based on my experience with the tools and running Photoshop and Lightroom on the platforms. And, and I'm able to draw these conclusions and, and I, I, in, to some degree I do this or I buy the equipment so that I can do these reviews and be able to help you. And I don't get enough out of even the ads on my site to be able to do something like just go out and buy an M3 MacBook Pro. I wish I did. I wish I had that kind of coverage and, and could do that so I could do real world testing on the product and be able to tell you for sure as I experience it directly myself. But I don't. Still, I have ads. It's helpful. It makes us so that it's, it's you, uh, you know, I, I make a little bit of money um, by, by doing these things, but I mostly want to help photographers get what they need. That's, that's my core goal. It's not really to make this be a, a, a full-time job. So I'm willing to, for those of you who stuck with me this long, give you a little, um, a way to work around getting the ads. Cause I want you to have a better experience using the guide and it's going to be hard in the audio format to tell you this. Um, there's a YouTube video that you can go find on my photo taco podcast channel where I also go through this and show it, but it's underscore. If, if you add to the end of any URL, any page on my site, if you add to the end question mark, U T M underscore term T E R M equals YouTube. That's question mark U T M underscore term equals YouTube then you will be able to experience the page without the ads. And um, that's great. I purposely, like you have to add it to every page. You can't just put it at it once and then you're from there as you browse the site, it's going to be ad free. Um, and I, I don't want it to be super easy. So um, that's what, how I've chosen to do it. So if the ads are driving you crazy, I know it would me. <laughs> I wish I could get a better way to be able to, um, you know, be compensated for the work I do for the show without it. Uh, cause I, I, they're distracting and, uh, disruptive and, and I kind of hate that I have to do it. Then adding that will help. And you, if I got enough people doing the buy Jeff a diet Coke button on my site, then I would take the ads off. Um, but I don't have enough people doing it. Thank you for the, those who do. I have had some, Go send me um, by Jeff a Diet Coke, and and um, and that's extremely valuable. Thank you so much for doing that. But for everyone else, if you don't want to do that and, and you want to have an ad-free experience because you stuck with me, and the, your reward for sticking through an hour-long episode is the the secret there that you can find that. So uh, uh, one more time: question mark utm 
that's M as in Martha, underscore term equals YouTube. Add that to the end of any URL and you'll get an ad-free experience on that page. All right. Thanks everybody so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Let me know how you th- uh, what you thought of this episode. Let me know what episode you'd like me to do, what you'd like me to cover. Um, I go into depth just like you heard me go into depth on this one. And I'd love to have your feedback. You can email me at phototacopodcast at gmail.com or go to the website and use the comments fields. I read those. I read the comments regularly. You can find a whole bunch of information about anything photography related over at phototacopodcast.com. And in fact, if you're going to buy any photo gear, I'd really love it if you went to my site first and, um, you know, clicked on over to uh, Adorama or uh, um, Amazon from my website then I get a little bit of an affiliate kickback and it doesn't cost you anything more, but it really helps to support the show. Uh, that's it for, for this time. So uh, until next episode, bye everyone. Views expressed on this program by independent hosts and callers do not necessarily reflect the views of Master Photography Podcast, LLC, or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links for permissions earned. Olay!